0: Okay, holy day that we're uh, entering in today. We s- had a preparation already for it last week. We discussed, we'll do a quick revisit of that, of the incredible Gemora in Yivalmus, Amach Beis base. Beis. The Gemora says be a Akiva had 12,000 pairs of Talmudim all of whom died in this period, the period between Pesach and Shavuos. And uh, Gemara says, why did they die? Because we pointed out that the Midrash says, because they had a for one another. I had to take a moment to make a macho, Just I was shown a snippet of a person who was saying that our Gemora is, uh, doesn't seem to be consistent with history, and rather the version of Roshri Ragon's is the one that one should go with, where he says that they died by Shmad, m- m- that Hadrian Harasha um after we suppressing the bar Kokhba rebellion we know the Hadrian Harash was also the one who um executed the ten martyrs and uh, so this person who calls himself a Tatmukham says that our gemora is uh, Whatever, whatever doesn't make a difference what he said. But the point is, how do we reconcile? We'll just take a time out for one minute to discuss. Obviously, um, we know historically this was after the Bar Kokhba rebellion. The Romans went all out to destroy Torah afterwards, and uh, the world was destitute. Rabbi Akiva was the um, right hand; he was the spiritual leader of the rebellion. So it makes sense that his talmudim would have been the one to, ones to to be destroyed more so than everybody else. So what's how do we understand what the gemara here is telling us? Uh, the, the, and, and the matter is obvious. Chazal, like we spoke about actually last time, it's not a derech of chachamim to tell you the sibah krova, to tell us the the immediate cause, the immediate cause of something. Every person can see, you want to know why all these people, all these Talmud Chachamim were killed, they were killed by the Romans and why were they killed by the Romans because there was a Bar Kokhba rebellion and when, after the Romans put down the rebellion, they punished severely the Jewish people as a whole and, and especially anyone that had anything to do with the Torah of Rabbi Akiva okay, that, there's, the Gemara has no need to say such a thing so, rather, both the Gemara and the Midrash talk to us about what was the siba Haruchoka, what was the reason for what happened, the reason for the reason of what happened. Let's take let's take a step or maybe multiple steps back and understand why did all this transpire the way it did, and that is no no and like we pointed out that seemingly the midrash is giving us one step back further from that why would they not know kawadzebzee is because they're at eye for one another and as we discussed i will just show um very briefly some people had a uh, can everyone see a cube over here just nod your head if you can see a cube on the screen is there a cube on the screen? No, there's not a cube on the screen. Okay, one second. So, okay, now do you see a cube on the screen? Okay. So, so we have a cube over here. So we discussed why the number twelve. Why? We discussed why the, specifically 12, 12 is a very specific number, 12,000 pairs of Talmudim. If you want to tell me 24,000, so just tell me 24,000. So the pairs obviously is Havrusas. So why, why is this number that probably those that prefer to talk history than wisdom would say that it was, probably, it was not exactly 12,000, maybe it wasn't even close to 12,000. So, what, was, what, what is this number coming to represent? So, we know that in many places the number 12 tells us about a very important number. There's the 12 Shvatim, the 12 tribes of, of Israel. The Shvatim, as Hadrian himself, Hadrian Russia himself pointed out, the 12 Shvatim had a difficult time keeping peace amongst themselves. Uh, ultimately culminating in the sale of Yosef atsadik and that was his tiny to them right we, we read this twice a year that the russia said to them what is the rule of a person who sells who sells his uh, fellow Jew into slavery and they said to him that he's that he's executed so he said though, so, you're going to take that judgment in the place of, of of the Shvatim. So, it's very interesting that the Shvatim were 12, all in all, there were 12 Shvatim, and it doesn't make a difference that Yam was too young, it doesn't make a difference that Yosef was the victim of it, the point is, there was number 12, which is a number of divisiveness. 12 is, if we look at the cube over here, you see that there are 12 lines that make up a cube. Cube is it represents our reality. We discussed this last time, so I'm just going to go through it very briefly, because I see there's some new faces here. We live in a three-dimensional reality. Three-dimensional reality is another way of saying it. This is a six-sided reality, which is how more commonly the Torah or the Chachamim refer to it as six. Three dimensions is three... Um, Vectors, the you know, the x-axis, the y-axis, and the z-axis, right? And uh, each one of those has two sides to it. So that's six directions all in all. The four, Arboruchel Shalom, that's uh, Mizrach, Marav, East, West, South, North, and then up and down. That's, that's the six. So that's a cube, right? That represents a three-dimensional world, a purely three-dimensional world. Any other geometrical... Three-dimensional figure, such a pyramid or a, a, a sphere, is going to be a, a mixture of these. But he, a cube is a pure representation, where each side operates, each face of the cube operates only within two dimensions, isolating the different dimensions, and so it, so in a. Uh, simple breakdown of our reality is it has six components to it. That's why our Hashem created the world in six days. Six days is because there's six aspects to our reality. Six directions of the world. But if you break it down deeper, you you subdivide it further, you take a closer look at it, you see that that it's made up of 12 lines. So the 12 lines is all the facets. 12 is all the facets of our world. And that's why Yakov Avinu had 12 Shvatim, Nitaso Shlema. His bed was, was whole, his bed was complete. It means that he had, he was expressed through his sons in every facet that there is to be expressed. And that's the challenge, that's the difficulty. Each one of them is coming from a different perspective, from a different direction, and uh, it's hard to relate and, and appreciate the other side appreciate someone else who seems to be representing the same thing you're representing, they're all expressing Yaakov Avinu, but he's saying something different for me, I have my Judaism and I'm, and I know that I'm being true to what, to what Yaakov, our father, taught me and you're doing something different so that means that I don't respect what you're doing, I have a tzarain for what you're doing, I don't appreciate what you're doing to the point that ultimately, Rahman is culminated in tremendous tzaddikim, getting into a fight, and uh, the Mechiras Yosef, Khmuvan, they had a, they had a, based in, they judged them, everything uh, that we know, but at the end of the day, there was a, uh, something that was, that went wrong, there was a breakage, there was a fight between the brothers, and to the point, that ultimately, this, this, uh, this, hey, this. Um, we were sold into mitzrayim v'chule v'chule. So over here we have Hadrian Harasha telling, chachamim telling the chachamim that you're going to be punished in the place of the shvatim. And so Chazal are telling us that why why would that be the case? Because it was the same exact Nakuda, It was also a number of twelve. It was also. The twelve thousand pairs of Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva, who died, why? Why? Because the Midrash says they had tsar for one another. So the fact that the Girsah of Rosharia in the Gemorin Yevamos says that they that they died because of religious religious persecution that the Romans killed them out, is not at all a contradiction. That's telling us the, you know, that that Gersa is telling us the practical reality on the ground, what happened, the Gimor that we have, and the Midrash are telling us the background of it. Okay, so, back to the, so last week we discussed the, fact that the, the Gemorrah in Shabbos asks, t- tells us that the three new Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva, that means Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yoshi, or his son in his name, and Rabbi Shimon were asked, why do people die of askara?" Now this was a very loaded question, because the Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva are described as being dying of askara, and they have a which means that they all have a different approach to dealing with with what happened, and we discussed the approaches of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Yossi. This, today, we're going to try to discuss the approach of Rabbi Shimon. We brought a gemora in Gittin. The gemora says the praises of all the different Chachamim. So, again, last week we discussed the praise of Rabbi Yehuda, Chacham L'Ksheyirtza, Rabbi Yossi, Nimu Imo Want to focus on Rabbi Shimon now? Rabbi Shimon, Harbe harbel Kima he grinds a lot of wheat and he brings out just a little bit. Alternatively, he brings out he brings out the the the, the best, the purest, and that's what Rabbi Shimon said to his Talmudim, Bonai, my children, Shonu Midosai, come and learn my measurements, meaning the, 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 the we the, that i prepared for you, the, the Torah that I've made for you, Shemidosai, Trumos, Mitrumos, Midosav Akiva. Mine is the purest of the pure of the Torah of Rabbi Akiva. Now that's a very interesting statement to make. But what is he coming to say? He's coming to say he's better than his rabbi? Chas Shalom, right? This is he's 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 a, he's a talmud of Rabbi Akiva. He's expressing the Torah of Rabbi Akiva. So we have to understand what this statement of what it means. He's representing his Torah as being the true of the Truma, Okay, so so the Gemara says that the Romans put out a put out a, a, a Gemara Shabbos Islam with Gimel base. The Romans put out a death warrant on Rabbi Shimon. So Rabbi Shimon and his son Rabbi Rabbi Shimon first tried to hide when they realized that wasn't going to work. Then they went and they hid themselves in a cave. Then a miracle happened to them. And a carob tree grew up for them in a little spring of water. And here's the part we want to focus on. What did they do? They would remove their clothes, and they sat up to their neck in sand, meaning they buried themselves in the sand up to the neck, and they would learn the whole day. And then, at the time of davening, they would get themselves dressed, and they would daven, and then afterwards they would go back into the sand. Now, the Meforshim many, many Meforshim ask a lot of kashas on what happened over here. One difficulty is a person does not need to be buried up to the neck. I mean, they take off their clothes but bury them in the sand up to the neck. You do not need to be buried up to the neck to be allowed to learn Torah. It's enough to just that the Mokom Erva shouldn't be seen. And if you really want to be very uh, firm about it, so, so it's enough to go up to the armpits. But to go and bury yourself all the way up to that's that's totally unnecessary for the, for the learning of Torah. And not only that, but it's, it's quite a feat to be able to bury, I mean, to bury yourself up to the armpits would be extremely difficult and very time-consuming, but you could do it, because you still have the usage of your arms. But the moment you start talking about burying your arms underneath the sand, if you ever tried getting buried in, in, on the beach in the sand, usually you need some assistance from, from, from someone else who is not himself buried under the sand. So for the two of them to bury themselves up to the neck in the sand seems to be halachically unnecessary and uh, extraordinarily difficult, if not impossible. And they were doing this three times a day. Additionally, once they were buried, there seems to be no need to unbury themselves and come out of the sand to put on their clothes to daven. They're, they're, they're fully covered. So, okay, so you could say, so, uh, the marshal says it's because of Hechinu, that, you, that you, have to, you should prepare yourself to, to meet your your king, that you want to do something, some sort of action of Dressing of preparing of tightening a belt or whatever it may be, but in such extenuating circumstances where they're literally having to undig themselves from a sand pile and then dig themselves back in, uh, it, it seems extremely difficult. Um, the the morale, unbelievable morale over here in this whole entire Gemora, morals in Chiddush says that the whole story with Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi, Rabbi Shimon in the cave, the whole thing is an analogy. It never happened. They never went into a cave, and they were never buried in sand up to their neck, and there was never a groove tree, and there was never a spring of water. What does it mean? All these things are coming to tell you that, you should, that they went into such deep underground hiding, right, that... You couldn't. It was you couldn't even figure out where they were getting their food from. It was like as if they were living on, on, uh, on you know, on on a cave tree. It was, it was as if they were in a cave. It was they were completely cut off. You know, they went four, four uh, cellar within a cellar within a cellar, and you you, you couldn't. And, and they, someone would drop a loaf of bread into a well. You know, I don't know whatever is the story you want to make up. The historians will at one point tell us they found the secret hiding place of Rabbi Shimon, and look, all were wrong this whole time. They were telling us they were in the cave, right? So, it is, it is, again, Hazar coming to tell us the concept, not the historical story. So, if that, in Kain Hema Dvarum, so, Marosa, so what's happening with the clothes? So, he said, with the clothes, it means they were being extremely careful with the clothes, because they, they couldn't, they weren't going to come out and get more clothes. To come out, and get more clothes, or have someone have you have someone bring you more clothes. That would be um, to endanger their position. So th- they were being extremely careful with their clothes to the point that they were able to make their clothes last for twelve years that they were I- that they were in hiding. That whatever pair of clothes that they had that lasted them twelve years that they were in hiding. Perhaps we can add to this. A, a, a beautiful muscle that Hazal might have been alluding to. And that is that if you imagine a person buried up to the neck, facing someone else who is buried up to the neck, the concept is you literally have talking heads. You literally have disembodied heads talking to one another. It's, you, it means that people were in in a state of absolute abstract intellectual existence where the body had no place and had no interaction the body it was as if it disappeared meaning all there was was the world of the intellect if you imagine going into a cave you're in a cave you haven't seen human beings for years you haven't worked to make a living for years, you haven't had to call a repairman to take care of the plumbing, you're in a cave. You're in a world which is completely detached from humanity, from society, and from anything else that is known, except for one thing and one thing only, which is the Torah. That's all they lived. They lived and they breathed the Torah. It was the equivalent of... Of two disembodied heads talking to one another. That's all it is. It was, it was a world of intellect. That's all they lived. Now let me ask you a question. When you have people inside of a cave. And they're living on whatever it may be. there Some person walks by every day by a well. And you, uh, uh, once a week he throws a loaf of uh, bread down, down the well. However they manage to get it. But the point is no one knows about them, no one cares about them, no, no one's looking for them, they're not looking for anybody, there's no interaction. So so what are you diving, when you've been in there for three years, four years, five years, what are you diving for every day? All you're, talk- all you're living and talking is Torah. Torah is called Chai Olam. Chai Olam means eternal life. It's, it's life that is not at all connected to the body. There are no... Physical trappings, it's, it's the pure Torah, the same Torah that we're learning today, is the same Torah that was learned a thousand years ago, It's the same Torah that was learned by Moshe Rabbeinu, that's the Torah they were learning. So there, Chai there's no room for tefillah. So when, when they're going to be davening, what do they have to do? They have to take their heads, their minds, out of the Torah that they've been involved in, and they're mislabish themselves in clothing. Clothing in Hebrew is called Levushim. That's the language used here. Levush means in, in clothing. You you um, find an outer trapping for the intellectual life that you've been living. You wake up to the realization that you know what. There's there's a real world out there, and there's people out there who who need a rufuah, and who need parnasa, and who need geula. And we need to bring in Beis Hamikdash. And so three times a day, they would enclose themselves. It means they would be mislabish. We talk about, unlike Baomer, we're allowed to say such words. Uh, the, the holy books are filled with the concept of, of hislabshus, where one concept is mislabish and another. The Torah is full of it. The Torah is talks about stories, stories about people with shiduchim, with... Marrying their sons off to a girl, but like the Shalom and the others talk and say that at the end of the day, the Torah is talking about Dvorim Omdim Barubu it's talking about extremely, extremely lofty things, deep, deep, deep Kabbalistic things. I but it's talking about the story of the Shidduch of, uh, of uh, Rivka to, to Yitzchak. That's the Levush it's Nislabish this lofty, abstract concept is Nislabish is enclosed in the physical world down here. That's the that's a levush. So too, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Lazer, Rabbi Shimon, although they spent the whole day, in what's called Chai Olam. Chai Olam means it's something that is so true that the Torah is so true that the Torah will even be in in Olam abba. They keep steiging even all above. I mean, the Torah is true even in the next world. That's what they were involved in. They were involved in something that transcended this world. But then three times a day, they would come back down into this world. They would be mislabished themselves in the trappings of society, of culture, of of the world that, that there is a physical needs and people regular people who need parnasa etc. And they would daven for them that uh, that we can say... Uh, as a Tosephus, to the, to the words of the Maral, to, to explain, to explain uh, this very, fascinating Gemara. Continues, continues the Gemara. They spent 12 years, in the cave. Elia Novi came, and stood outside the cave, and said, who's going to tell, Rishim Bar Yochai, that the, that the Caesar died, and the decree was nullified, so, the, uh, the base Yaakov says that whenever it says, whenever there's a Besorah tova, whenever there's a good news coming from someone, uh, th- that's referred to as Eliyahu Novi. I mean, Eliyahu Novi is the vassar of Busoros Tovah. He's the one that brings good news to Klausrell. So, the, the, the person, a person walked by and said, oh! If only Rabbi Shimon, we haven't seen him for twelve years. If only he knew that the decree is over, and he happened to say it next to the well where, uh, uh, which led to the secret passage, which, uh, and they overheard him say it. So, so they came out. Before we tell the rest of the story, I hope you guys didn't think that twelve years it was a coincidence. Did you? Right, we've been we're talking about twelve. We've been talking about the issue that the Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva had with. The divisiveness, and that all of them died because of it, and now Rabbi Shimon is one of the five new Talmudim, and how is Rabbi Shimon not going to dive it? He's gonna, he's learning the same Torah of Rabbi Akiva, and like we spoke out last week, the pre-Cholish points out that when we talk about the, the Torah says, the Torah brings Bishem already the the Balama, or some some quoted as a midrash that um, that on this day the decree of Misa was in this battle. Unlike Baomer, the decree of Misa was in this battle from the Talmud of Rabbi Akiva, Frekta Pri on the Shulchan Aruch, he asked, what are you talking about It was in this battle? It was in this battle. They all died. They, when they're all dead, there's not much, uh, they're all nifter. So what do you mean it's in this battle? Uh, what are you celebrating? We're celebrating the, uh, the, the... There's no more of them to die. So... He says it must be that the decree was on, on the concept of the Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva. Anyone who's a Talmud of Rabbi Akiva, this is what's going to happen to him. The Torah says Rabbi Akiva, we, we discussed this last time, why this should be particularly difficult for Rabbi Akiva. We'll just say it very briefly. Is that Rabbi Akiva is the, mo, is, is, is the uh, transmitter of the Torah Shabbal Gemorah in says that Moshe Rabbeinu said that the Torah should be given through Rabbi Akiva. So Hashem said, I'm going I'm to give it through you. But obviously the Hava mina Chazal are coming to tell us that although the Torah Sav and the Musora of the Torah Shalpa everything was given through Moshe Rabbeinu, but Rabbi Akiva would be the one to open up the Torah Shalpa, open it up to Kabbalas. So it's, it's like it's like there's a second Kabbalah Torah. And that's what we're working towards from Pesach until Shavuot. So that's the process of. Going up and up and higher and higher towards the kabbalah Torah. So you're talking about a kabbalah Torah of Torah Shabbal Torah Peh is very very difficult because Torah Shabbal Pei Shavus Shavus. Every person's face is different. Every person's mind works differently. So when it's talking about Torah Shabbuk so okay, that, that's. That's a nevuah. Moshe Rabbeinu said a nebuah. Good. But when you're talking about Torah Shabbat, when you're talking about faithfully transmitting the Torah of Rabbi Akiva, every Talmud heard it differently. So here you have a difficulty, and the difficulty is such, how do you surmount such a difficulty? So Rabbi Shimon, what's, what's he going to do? How's he going to save himself from a tsarain? How's he going to save himself from not being noy-covered with other Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva, when he's got a particular perspective, and the other Talmudim have a different perspective? How is he going to save himself from a tzarai? And how is he going to make sure that he's not going to die a death of Ascara? So here we have Rabbi Shimon spending 12 years in the cave. 12 years learning. Number 12 is not by coincidence. 12 means, just like we spoke about before, what was the particular challenge of the Shvatim, finding unity, the 12 sons of one man? Answer is, because there is the 12 diagonals that make up a cube. It's all the different facets of reality that you can have. And so do the, the, the Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva. So now Rabbi Shimon spends 12 years learning up every person's derech of Torah. He's, he's connecting to every single approach, every facet. He's going to make sure to understand everybody. And you know why there's not going to be any lack of covet? Because he's going to make sure that he understands the Torah of everyone. Now let me ask you a question. How can he do that? Nobody else managed to do it, Rabbi Shimon is going to do it. So first of all, when Rabbi Shimon was asked, why do people die of askara, His answer was, bittel Torah. means that he understood that that, that those Talmudim of Rabbi Akiva, as great as they were, on some level, the reason why they were no no, 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 go ka is because they didn't manage to understand the other one's Torah. They understood their own Torah very well, but they didn't manage to understand the other person's Torah. And that's why they could—they didn't respect one another. That's why they didn't have, That's why they had Sarai for one another. So Rabbi Shimon said, "If you never waste a moment learning, then somehow you'll overcome it." The question is how. So we're going to see over here how Rabbi Shimon is going to do that. Um, Rabbi Shimon is the same Rabbi Shimon, by the way, that in Maseches Brochos Daf Lamad Heyamud Beis. argued against, again against Bittel Torah, saying that a person should not work, a person should rather be involved in nothing but the learning of Torah, and his partner will be taken care of him, this is the same Rabbi Shimon, so what happened? Rabbi Shimon spent 12 years in the, in, in, in this deep hiding, where he was completely disconnected from the world, came out, Chosu, so they saw people, they were plowing the land, and sowing the land, and they said, what are they doing? They're maniching, chayolim. they're leaving over, eternal life, and oskim b'cha'esho, so the Rashash, many other meforshim point out, this is Rabbi Shimon from the, from the, the beginning of Ketzim of Urchen, that a person, Rabbi Shimon says, if a person plows when he's supposed to plow, sows when he's supposed to sow, and reaps when he's supposed to reap, Torah mighty yella, so what's going to be with the Torah? So this is the same Rebbe Shimon. Kol Shenas Anywhere where they looked, Miyad the thing burnt up immediately. And it's not no coincidence that tonight is going to be all the bonfires. There's going to be some bonfires happening, maybe little ones in people's backyards. We'll see. Maybe a little... In an ashtray, you burn something. But the of Lagba Omer is that I st- is uh, so beautiful, you live in Eretz Yisrael, three months before lagba Omer, any wooden item, or anything that looks like it might be a wooden item, that is placed outside of one's house, one's apartment, will b- immediately disappear. Miraculously. <laughs> and that is by a uh, little um, army of worker ants called children, who are scavenging all the streets, gathering broken chairs, broken tables, anything of wood or wooden semblance to put it together into bonfires and to burn it. What happens when you burn it? You got this old, broken, ugly couch with this, with, with a broomstick and this and that. But you put it all, you you set it all on fire. It's all got the same stuff inside. It's got that beautiful, roaring, red, hot, powerful life inside of it. This dead, ugly, moldy old chair is going to burst into beautiful, roaring flames. That's what Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Dozer were doing. Everywhere they looked, they would set it on fire. It means what they saw inside of everything was the Pnimiyas Sadaver. For them, everything was, was Kulotorah. What are, you, what are you involved with over here? What do you want this chair for? Don't you want the fire inside of it? Isn't that so much more beautiful? What do you want this old wooden chair for? You for chai you going to give up the Torah to be involved in, in, in the physicality of, of this world. So that's the meat of Rabbi Shimon. Like we said before, the Gemoyan Gitman when Rabbi Shimon, it says everything he would take he would, he would grind lots and lots and lots, and he would bring out the souls, just the, the purest of the flower. He said, My Torah is the trumus, should trumus of Rabbi Akiva. What does it mean, the trumus, should be trumus? Trumus means I take, I take a tiny little portion, and I lift it up. This is the elevated. This is the transcendent of what was here. It's, it was, it's from the language of Ram, to be up, high, above. And then the trumus again from that. The Truma Trumas is to so what, what that means is the Rabbi Shimon discovered that he had an ability to find the Nakudamir cousins. Let's take a step back, we'll back we'll go back and we'll ask so how did the Shvatim, how did the twelve sons of Yaakov manage to find the unity? How were they ever supposed to? If there's twelve of them, so are they doomed to uh, to machis, to to fighting? Because the, each one has a different perspective. So the Gemarim Psacham and davnun tells us the answer. The answer is that they said, "Shema Israel, listen Israel, our father, Kishim she Hashem achad You, your unity, your recognition of the oneness of Hashem is what unites all of us, as the Maral explains it in a number of places, and that's Yisrael, Your, You unite all of us, meaning... I have my perspective, my brother has his perspective, but we both recognize that we come from you. You are that central point that unites the whole cube. If you imagine the cube again, with all 12 lines that make it up, there's a the causes there's a central point which unites all the lines, and that defines the cube. it's called the cube. That's the cube, each one of them is a facet of the cube, but this is the cube. So this Nakuda Merkazus. That's the thirteenth that unifies everything. Not by coincidence, of course, that the word Echad is Aleph, which is one; Ches, which is four; uh, Ches, which is eight; Dald which is four. That's the eight. That's the eight sons of Rachel and Leah. The four. That's the four sons of Bilhan Zilpa. And the one that's Yaakov Avinu who unites all of them, right? That's the, so the echad, that's the unity. So, I mean, where are the twelve shvatim going to find the unity? They're going to find it in that central point that unites everything. That's called that's called Yaakov Avinu, right? So now, Rabbi Shimon realized that he also was able to access this point. It's called it's called the Sisrei Torah. It's called the Penimiyas Torah. It's called the internality of the Torah. It's the inner heart where all the different facets. I look from this, side, I see this. I look from this, side, I see this. But they're both speaking to the same central point. Anywhere where you're coming from, you're always going to be an extension, an expression of that central point, that Nekuda Merkazus. And that's where Bishima understood. If I can get to that point, if, if I can be so pure, without any bit of Torah, that I can get into that point, then from that point I can relate to all the 12 lines that make up the cube. He spent 12 years in that cave finding, extracting the Pneumius of all the different perspectives so from now on anyone that would come to him they would say something to him they would convey something to him he would say, I can relate to that I understand what that because is that's the P- I, I, I'm, in the, I'm in the center of this cube you're me this facet of the cube I'm in the center of the cube I can relate to that so when they came out Anything he would look at, he would see the internality, the unbelievable potential that laid inside of this thing, and he was so pained by it, that he would say, you, you're leaving over this h- golden nugget inside, and you're grabbing the, the husk of the, uh, from the outside, and he would burn up the husk, and, and, and only see the subin, only see the purest of the pure. Yatza's baskol came out of a heavenly voice and said, you, you, what? you came out to destroy my world, Go back into the cave. We know Rashi in the very beginning of the Chumash brings us a Khazal, Says that in the beginning it went up in Hashem's mind to create the world, but then, to create the world with just the absolute, unwavering truth, Ra And he saw that the world cannot exist like this. It's not gonna. It's not gonna continue. It, it, people can't live. People, the majority of the people, the world can't can't exist like this. So that's why Hashem had to be mishtatef midas arachamim. He combined mercy. We're going to see what that is in a minute. So they went back into the cave. How long were they in the cave? They were in the cave twelve months. Twelve months. What was twelve months? It didn't say a year. They didn't go back for a year. They went back for twelve months. What was twelve months? Is that every one of the years that they spent back into the cave? They got sent back to school, right? I know you did really well, but you missed a key thing. That year, that first year that you were in, and the second year, and the third, each one of those years, it's missing a month. Because the Jewish calendar can have 12 months, or it can have 13 months. The 13th month is a, that means the year is a mu'uber. It's, it's swelled up. It's in its fullest state. The year could be in a, in a lacking state of 12 months. It could be in a full state of 13 months. 13 months is the 13 again, that's what we spoke about, the unity, meaning, the Torah that you found, what happened is, you said, oh, I got you, I found the inner point, of, of, of what you're saying, and I don't need you anymore, no, it's not to find, the central point of the cube, but then to dismiss the cube, and to say, all that matters is the central point, but rather it's, to identify, the, uh, that Nekudah Merkazus, but then also to realize, that there's a unity with it all, that the rest of the cube, also has a place, the rest of the perspectives, also have a place. And their place is not... Uh, the central place is not, it's not the Pneumius, but it is a place. And that place, in fact, if anything, can be a showmer Lepri. It can be something that can help sustain, just like that inner sou- uh, solus, that purest, pure flower. It's not... Uh, the, the plant just doesn't, doesn't just grow that flower. It's inside of a husk. And, a, and then there's a shell and then inside and inside of that is also there is the endoplasm or whatever the thing is called there is different parts and then the, 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 there is there's one little tiny part that's that's the, that's the soul that's the that's the best flower but the, but the rest of it also is necessary so they went back they spent another 12 months to correct this perspective Then they came out again, and everywhere they would look, Rabbi Eliezer would still, uh, his eyes would burn. Unfortunately, point out that Rabbi Eliezer was younger, youth is very much prone to Midas Hadin, whereas Rabbi Shim was older, so he was able to connect to the rachamim, to the realization that it may not be the icker of everything, but it is a perspective, it is something. And so Rabbi Shimon, his, his look would heal it all. And Rabbi Shimon said to Rabbi Lazar, It's enough for the world, you and I. Which means, not everything has to be the or Merkazus. As long as the rest of them recognize, as long as all the other lines that make up the cube recognize that the central point is what ties it all together, central point is very, very tiny. But it's capable of tying together a very big cube. So Rabbi Shimon recognized that as long as you and I are operating on this level, we're bringing life to all of it, that this is how the world is going to survive. What happened? They saw a man running with two bundles of Hadassim, Erev Shabbos. They asked him, what's this for? So he said, it's for a covered Shabbos. He said, Why well, you need two. He said, one for Shomer, one for zachar." Number one, we were just learning. We are just learning Koloboker about... The the mocker for birkas is called neshamat elokah. Your morning bracha is daf memguon with base. Yeah, the, every, the, the, the the neshama praises Hashem. Why? Because it's something that the neshama has an off from, but not the goof. That's the that, that's the birkas So why was he dafka carrying reyach? Because the point is, he wasn't out. Uh, if he was carrying himself a piece of meat, maybe he wants to eat. He's, he 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 wants to enjoy. But here he's carrying fragrances. He's carrying... So he's saying, I'm, I'm, doing, I'm, I'm out for Meruchim. I'm, I'm trying to do something for the Neshama. I'm not you guys, but I am doing it. And not only that, but it's like Shabbos. Shabbos we know, like we said before, um, on a full zoomed in scale, the world has 12 aspects to it with the 13th being the middle. But on a more zoomed out, more kind of... You know, what's naturally visible is that there's six uh, directions and there's six days of the week. And then there's Shabbos. Shabbos is the Nekudah Merkazus that ties together the six days of the week. So this person, simple person, was being Mechabed Shabbos. He was, he, he was doing what he could for Shabbos. And, and so he's saying, I, although I'm on the outside, but I recognize that it's all about the Nekudah I recognize that it's all about the Pneumius. I, I understand it. I'm not there, but I understand it. And they had Yeshuvadas from it. They, 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 uh, y- 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 Yasiv Daitaihu. They they had tranquility of mind from it. Interesting. Yashiv the Taiu from the Bussamim. You hear? As the Tosas in Beis Alamut Gimel with Beis says that the Bussam that we smell on multi Shabbos is, is to be Miashiv Daito. Shaladim for loss in the Shemisayir. So so Nishashu Daitam while Yidivah Um. Okay. So Repitches Ben Yoyer. Heard that we're running. We're very quickly running out of time. Um, we may have to. Um, we'll come to a stopping point by nine thirty. Those that have a hard stop, and those that don't, because of Lag BaOmer, will will be able to continue going higher and higher. Um, get, get get into uh, Hashem, there's still a whole another section to this to this Gemara. Unbelievable Gemara. Unbelievable. And obviously, no one needs to point out that the Gemara is and in Shabbat Islam, give them all the um, Okay, so, um, so, the father-in-law of Rabbi Shimon, heard that he came, he took him to, to a bathhouse, he saw how ruined his body was, from this whole experience, he was crying over him, he said, Oi to me, did I see you like this? Rabbi Shimon responds back to him, happy are you that you see me like this, because if you wouldn't see me like this, you wouldn't see this in me. You wouldn't see all this Torah in me. Because before, when I would ask you a question, you would give me 12 answers. Now that you ask me questions, I give you 24 answers. Now, okay, we can't go by, in this sugia. we cannot walk by number 12 and 24. That We just can't, we just can't do it, right? So, okay, Repichus ben is saying again, obviously he himself would have passed him one way, but he, any question Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai had, he would give him every facet, every possible facet that you could think, he he, 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 he would give it to him. Okay, so that's 12. What's 24? What, what more are you going to say over 12? So, I don't know if this is true or not, um, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to propose it, and uh, maybe yes, maybe not. So again, the cube has 12 edges, that we, 12 lines, that we saw. So now, if I have a Mnuchudam or Cousins, and I want to draw a line from that central point to the middle of every line, I'm going to end up drawing four lines in every dimension, so that's, gonna be, that, that's twelve lines. Meaning to 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 draw a line from the Nakuda merkazos to the to each one of the twelve lines as twelve more lines. Means Rabbi Shimon created twelve more lines. Rabbi Shimon created. He he opened up twelve more lines besides the twelve lines of the outer construct of the of the cube like we spoke about, Bishiman then found the middle point and drew a line to each one of those lines from there. It means he, he could see the connection between each one of those views, points of perspective of the Torah and how that ultimately led to the Torah's Apneen, to, 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 to the central point. That's the 24, seemingly that's the 24 answers that Rabbi Shimon was now able to give to Rabbi Ben-Yoyer. So Rabbi Shimon said, since a miracle has occurred to me and I've managed to come out of this crazy situation, so I should follow in the footsteps of Yaakov Avinu and do something good for the city. Do something good for the people. Express uh, express my good by doing something good. So uh, the Gemara now brings a three way I this not a Three way perspective of what Yaakovinu did for the city of Shechem when he came from his encounter with Esav. It says he came and he was whole. He was not lacking anything so his three opinions what he in what way was he whole one is he was Shalim in Gufo, Shalim and Shalim in sorosso he was whole in three ways his physically he was whole his momment means his business affairs his um, flocks his uh, his business ventures were whole and this Torah were whole. All, all three things that you would think would suffer. The hip the, that was disjointed by the wrestling match with Asaph's angel. The money, the tremendous money that he gave, the gift that he gave to Asaph. The milcha that he gave to Asaph. And the Torah. We you know that Yaakov, when you're involved with a person like Asaph, it's not so simple to walk away being spiritually intact. So, Yaakov managed to walk away whole in all three areas. So, therefore, we have three opinions what he did for the residents of Shechem. One is, he made for them a madbeah, a coin, meaning currency. Not that he stamped the coins. Maybe he did, but that's not the point. Maybe he made for them a bitcoin. I don't know. He mean, a bitcoin is an absolute abstract concept, right? Currency is an abstract concept. Currency is there's nothing physically that I added to anything. It's just I came up with a set of rules that you're all going to follow and you're all going to benefit tremendously from it. So instead of constantly fighting over how big is your piece of silver and how big is my piece of silver and weighing them all the time, we just agreed this is called a dollar, and this is called $5, this is called $100. And so so the the entire commerce changes fundamentally from a... From a um, What's it called when you when you exchange uh, bartering from a, from a from a barter economy to a to a monetized economy? That's that's one thing. He, one opinion. The other opinion is that he made for the marketplaces, and the third one is he made for them bathhouses. Um, now is when we have to go back and remind ourselves how Rabbi Shimon ended up in the. Gimor brought this much earlier, so some of us might have forgotten, we spoke about it last week, how did Rabbi Shimon end up in the cave? Because Rabbi Yehuda, bar and Rabbi Yossi, bar chalafta Rabbi Shimon, Bar-Yohai, were all sitting together, and with them was Yehuda Ben-Gerim, a simple Jew, who came from converts, and uh, Rabbi Yehuda, bar Said, how good are the actions of the, of this nation, referring to the Romans, that they make, they make for us, that they that they, they, they make um, bathhouses, they make marketplaces, and they make bridges. Now it becomes clear that the bridges, uh, Rabbi Shimon says, that they did to collect money. So it comes out a perfect parallel. They made the bridges to collect money for themselves. Yaakov Avinu made a coinage for the residents of Shem. They made bathhouses for themselves to enjoy themselves. He made bathhouses for the people of Shem. They made marketplaces. Rabbi Shimon says they made marketplaces that they should be, to, to put in there, to put in the marketplaces Zonus. I don't know if we're going to have time to discuss why specifically that, um, but that's what they did, whereas, Yaakov made, marketplaces for them, to be able to do, uh, business, to be able to trade, and, and, uh, and exchange things, so obviously, the three things, that Yaakov did, was Lotov, the, 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 the Romans, in three things, but they did it, it's for selfish reasons, the three things, that Yaakov did, parallel the three, aspects of completion, that he found himself in, even though he had, an encounter with Esav, he was showing Begufo, so he built, a Merchotso's, bathhouses which are healthy for a person's body. He came away, his financial dealings were not damaged. So he made for them marketplaces that they should be able to conduct business. And finally his Torah, his intellectual property was undamaged. So he made for them coinage that uh, which represents... Like we said, a Bitcoin uh, apps, uh, concept, which has no, it could be, it didn't even cost him a dollar to do it. He came up with the system that they should be able, they should be able uh, to do this. So, Rabbi Shimon said, so what should I do? What What do the people need? So it came out that the people, that, that there was a problem in the city, that uh, there was a area. seemingly central in the city where the Kohanim couldn't go through because there was a question whether there was people buried in that area. Nobody knew where they were buried so the Kohanim had to go all the way around. So Rabbi Shimon, through a very complicated process which is beyond the scope of our discussion right now, figured out where it was Tameh, where it was Tahor, so people should be able to go straight through. Kohanim should be able to go straight through. So that's obviously parallels the bridges that are almost built. Right? That's the third. Again, you have three things that are being built. You have the bridges. You have the marketplaces. And you have the bathhouses. So Rehishim didn't, didn't build a bathhouse. He's not interested in bathhouses. He didn't build a marketplace. He's not interested in business. But he is interested in a bridge. In allowing Kohanim to go through. They had to go all the way around. right? Before you have a bridge, you have to walk all the way around until you can get to a crossing. Now you make a bridge, and now you can go straight through. So as the Rebbe Shimon did. So the morale parallels these three: with Kuf, Nefesh, and Seichel. The the bathhouse is parallels the body. The marketplace business is always businesses. Uh, persons running around, buying here, selling there, arguing, doing this, that. It's, it's a very emotionally intensive um, practice. That's that's the Nefesh. And the final one is the Seichel, the the Matveya, the coinage. That's the Seichel. Over here, Rabbi Shimon, helping Kohanim, Utum and Tahara with being able to come through. That's the Seichel. That's what Rabbi Shimon, that's the Tikkun that Rabbi Shimon did. So we're going to stop here um, for those that have to go. For those that have another five minutes, ten minutes. We, we, we have, uh, we're going to discuss the, how this relates to the concept of hold today, is a Bechin of hold, she behold. What does that mean? That's um, try to connect that. So, first of all, it's something that uh, the Possek the pos- is in Diva Yomim, Lacha Hashem, Hagdullah, Vahaghivura, Vahatiferus, Vahold. S- uh, continues lists two more. So Sacha called lists seven medos Those are the seven medos that some of us count during the Sphira. So the Gemarim Brachas helps us out understanding what these are. It says, what's Hod? Hod is, the, is where Hashem... Here let's... Uh, I'll, re- I'll read to you the morale explaining this meat of Hod and I we'll discuss it. So, morale says Hod is connected mm-hmm. it c- ha- it connects to the northern side. Why it connects to the northern side? Safon is from a language of tsafun, of being hidden. Mm-hmm. And Hod is something that is hidden, meaning if. The stra- straightforward translation of "hold" two translations. One is beauty, and the other one is admittance to admit to someone else. So there's no point to admit to something that's readily obvious. I don't say I admit to you that the, you know that this is your car when, when you're driving it. I, that's obvious. It's your car. So to admit means when the thing is hidden and I could deny it, but but instead I I, I acknowledge it. Meaning there's a revelation. I say something that could be hidden. And I bring it out and I say, no, th- actually, th- this is true. I, I do see how that is. So, I hold the so the Gemara in Brocha says, this is the war of Nachle Arnon that the Tanhumah brings. Rashi quotes it that the um, Amorites were hiding, None other than in caves. It was a hidden um, plot to destroy Klausrel. And Hashem um, secretly killed them. Because they were in caves. So if they get killed, you won't know about it. Because they're inside of a cave. Until finally uh, a spring washed up all their remnants. And Klausrel recognized what Hashem had done for them. So they were inside of a cave. A cave is a hidden place. A cave is a place that you cannot see what's going on inside of a cave. That's If I want to talk to you about something hidden, something buried away, that, that's a cave. That's where you go. You go into a cave. That's the Bechid of Hod. Hod is when something comes out of a cave and is revealed to the rest of the world. That's B'amash what the Gemara says, that they were in a Ma'ara. They were in a cave, these Amorites. And then, the Chesed Hashem did inside of a cave, inside this hidden state, was revealed, that's the Nachle Arnon, it says the Maral, K'var emarnu l'cha, ki ledover the northern side has to do with a matter that is hidden, the nelam and obscured, u-misham maisim from there come the hidden things, beolam ve'in yodea. It's things that a person doesn't see. It's not readily available to the eye. This is the world of Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon went into a cave. He went to a cave, a dark, deep cave, like the one that the Amorites were hiding in. And in that cave, he spent twelve years connecting to things that are tzafun, that are hidden, that are nelam, that are obscure. And then he brought it out into the world. That they were hidden, these Amorites, inside the mountains, and they said, When the Jews are going to come by, we're going to come out of the caves and we're going to kill them. And Hashem saved us from that. That's the, that's the meat of hold. The meat of hold is when there is a hidden miracle, when there's a hidden thing happening in the world that no one else is aware of, and you bring it out, and you give praise to Hashem for it, that's the Torah of, Re- of Rabbi Shimon. The Torah of Rabbi Shimon is that he went into a hidden place, he found the trumos of the Trumus of Rabbi Akiva, of Rabbi Akiva's Torah, and he brought it out, he said to his Talmudim, learn my Torah, learn my Midos, because they're the trumos of the Trumus of Rabbi Akiva. That's that's the, that's the bechinah of hold. She behold is the trumus of the trumus, Is the is the cave inside of a cave that Rabbi Shimon brought out to the world that that he would and, and obviously that's the hold. That's the beauty. That's the beauty of Yiddishkeit that he revealed where you take something extremely high and hidden and you bring it out and you reveal it to Klausel. The, that, that's a hoda. That's a hoda. That's an admission to Hashem. We're saying Hashem, we have this Torah. We could pretend that your Torah is just a very simple Torah. It just talks about, you know, eat this, don't eat that. You know, build here, don't build there. But we, we, we recognize that you gave us a, an unbelievable gift, uh, and, and and we and we praise you for it. We're, we're, we're is a place of shavach and hod'ah. That's the, that's the joy of the day, and uh, Bez Hashem, we shall have a year where this year we spent, first of all, we have another now that we've left the first 32 days. The, the 30 32 is Gematria covered, that's the cover, that was the difficult, that was the small, that was the left hand, that was the din, where there was potential for difficulties. We, we, Bez Hashem, overcome that. With the joy that we have today is the begins the the last the last seventeen days, which is Gimatria Tov, and Bez Hashem should have a very haligah Kabbalah Torah Kabbalah Torah of not only Bez Hashem the twelve Alachsonim that make up all the different facets of the Torah's Nigla. But also the 12 lines that connect that, all that Torah to the Nekuda Merkazus, that's the 24, should be able to give 24 answers, Bezos Hashem, to a question that's asked of us, and uh, everyone should have a Yom Tov.